Larson, who is a voice actor, and we're just going to sit here and ask you a couple questions about your convention experiences and some of the things you've done. Okay. So I guess my first question would be, what was the first convention you ever attended? Anime Weekend Atlanta. Anime Weekend Atlanta. Back in 1997. Mm -hmm. um, Star Blazers, uh, for those who, who may not be aware, uh, we did it 30 years ago. This is our 30th anniversary wow. year, and we are very proud of that. And uh, for the longest time, nobody knew who we were. Mm -hmm. Our names were not in the credits. It was a very small project. It was actually the only show of its kind being done in the country at that time. It wasn't called anime, or you know, there were no you know Netflix or blockbuster video, or you know, VCRs were about a thousand bucks a piece. <laughs> you know, it was a whole different world back then. And uh, you know, as I said, our names were not in the credits, and nobody knew who we were. And it wasn't until many, 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 many years later mm -hmm. that uh, my brother-in-law at the time and my two lovely nieces um, were kind of sitting around watching TV one day and talking. And my brother-in-law said, "You know what? And, you know." And, and my nieces were at the time fans of Ray Earth and Sailor Moon and mm -hmm. the more current shows of the time. And they got kind of talking, yeah, Aunt Amy did this show. Let's see what we can find uh, about it on the internet. Well, the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call. You are not going to believe what I just found on the internet. <laughs> so, and at the time, I was using kind of an older machine. I had a 2400 baud modem. Okay, it was not the slickest thing to, to <laughs> you know, get online with. So I, you know, and then it crashed. I, I started looking at these websites and I thought, oh my god! And then my computer crashed and I couldn't, I, I was kind of a fish out of water. But finally, about six months later, I was able to afford a new machine. And, uh, you know, I started looking at these websites and I, you know, I, was, I thought, well, yeah, let me send out an email or two. So I found the Wave Motion webpage, which, <laughs> you know, run by a real, a real nice fellow named Bud Cox. And I, you know, I sent an email to him also, just kind of introducing myself. Yeah. And you know, the show is very special to me. And it, you know, I thought it was gone forever. <laughs> and you know, and now I'm finding the, the uh, websites and stuff. And, and you know, told him who I who I was and what yeah. I did. He sent my email to a couple of other people, and they sent it to a couple <laughs> of other people. And all of a sudden, I was getting replies back. And boy, don't you know, they were asking some tough questions because <laughs> they were not willing to accept any substitutes. Mm -hmm. And it has just grown steadily over the years. They, they, um, these, these people who are now good friends of mine, um, at the time they were on a mailing list and everybody got copies of my email. And, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and it just sort of appeared out of nowhere. And they wanted to make sure I was the real deal. And, uh, yeah. You know, we, we had some real good phone conversations and things mm -hmm. like that, and they suggested that I contact a, a real good friend named Dave Merrill, mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me, Dave Merrill, who at the time was the convention chair mm -hmm. for Anime Weekend Atlanta, and who also was good friends of who uh, the, the dear fellow who is now my husband, <laughs> and was best man at our wedding, and oh, I can tell you stories. But anyway, <laughs> he, you know, they suggested that, you know, there was, that they told me all about conventions, and, and stuff, and I'm thinking, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that was just freaky, mm -hmm. just freaky. And did it meet, exceed, completely uh, change your expectations when you got there, or what was it like? You I spent. I, I'll tell you the truth. I don't remember a whole lot of that first con because mm -hmm. I was walking around just kind of. <laughs> 
you know, and I'm seeing people in costumes and, you know, panels and people wanting my autograph mm -hmm. and stuff after about 16 years of nothing. Mm -hmm. The only, the only clue, I had a slight clue that Star Blazers was not entirely dead. I got a, a, a catalog. This was in 19, this was early 90s, mm -hmm. as I recall. There was a catalog of VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. You know, you look through it, you find, you know, you see your favorite show, and you order the videotapes. And I'm, I'm flipping through, and I'm flipping through, and I thought, and I thought, it can't be the one we did. So I, I could, at the time, I was, you know, I, was, I had a house to fix up, and I had all sort of homeowner expenses, mm -hmm. and I couldn't really afford to buy a whole lot of, of videotapes, so I bought three of them. Mm -hmm. And it was, in fact, the dub that we oh, did. Wow. <laughs> So it's just, sort of yeah, yeah, and I mean, to this day, my husband and I, um, his name is Dave, mm -hmm. we are about to celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary. We met, I was, uh, uh, the first, the first AWA that I did was in 97, and then I met him the following year, he was in charge of the green room mm -hmm. at, at the Atlanta Con. And we met that year, and then we were married two years <laughs> later, and Star Blazers literally brought us together. He watched, he watched it when he was 10. <laughs> so, you know, at and, and every con we go to, we meet more and more people who tell us the most wonderful stories. You know, we, we, I, I pile on the couch with the kids and, you know, one fellow who's, who has since become a good friend of ours, you know, he would make up different lyrics to the theme song. <laughs> you know, he'd be there, the kids are all waiting to see the show and stuff, and he, he'd sing things like, you know, heading off to Iskandar, driving in our brand new car. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd turn up, Dad! That's not how it goes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he'd get a lecture from his kids, <laughs> you know. And I just got every, every, you know, to this day, to this day, you know, we hear about about kids who used to run home from school, mm -hmm. so they'd be sure to catch the first few notes of the theme song. We, you know, I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'd be late to, to school because <laughs> I had to see the end of the episode and all that. So it, it, it's a special, it's a special show to people, and I, I'm meeting the grandchildren these mm -hmm. these days of the people who used to watch it as you know high school students or college students, yeah. and that's just you know I don't I I, I I've never had an experience like this in my life, and I know mm -hmm. I never will again. So it's, it is so precious to me. Yeah. It really is. It's been worth every moment. Absolutely. So you, so you mentioned you've been uh, to Anime Week in Atlanta. And uh -huh. We go every year. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> I'll see you down there. Oh, great. Uh, and great. <laughs> I and I work out here right now at Otakon in Baltimore. Is there any convention you'd like to go or any city you'd like to see a, see a convention in? Well, actually, you know, there are, um, each year it seems there's there's one new one. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we find ourselves going to a new place, and we're now, um, we attend a convention in Michigan every year called JFAX, mm -hmm. and um, we did come to Otakon several years ago, yeah. and you know, it's sort of, we're getting back to, to places we have been, and um, next March, actually, we're gonna be going to Seattle mm -hmm. uh, to um, a great, great big event called um, Emerald City Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so happy to be mm -hmm. able to tell you that not only will I be there, but um, Ken Meserol, who did mm -hmm. Wildstar, Leader Deslock, Eddie Allen, who did his voice, yeah. and Tom Tweedy, who did Mark Bench's voice. Oh, wow. The four of us are going to yeah. be there for the first time 
in 30 years, the four of us are all going to be together. Oh, wow. That's, in the same great. Room. that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome because when we did the show, forgive me if I'm jumping no, the gun no problem. question wise, but um, when we did the show, um, when you're dubbing, particularly from one language to another, um, the most economical way of doing it is for everybody to go in with their script alone into the booth. And even to this day, yeah. it, still, it still works out the best to do it that way. So, uh, you know, the upside is we were able to do, you know, two or three episodes at, at a session. But the downside was that we didn't always see the people that yeah. we were our, our fellow cast members. So, which makes it kind of tough these days, thank God for the internet, because we are able to, to, you know, get email from people out in, you know, Los Angeles or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, oh yeah, I bumped into Ken Masserol the other day in a session, <laughs> and he, you know, he, he told me he was Wildstar, and, you know, yeah. and, and through, through slowly but surely, we're starting to get back um, in touch with, with all the other cast members, hopefully all, <laughs> but, um, you know, at least four of us now are actually, we've had our pictures taken and everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're all, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. It, it, it must be amazing, you know, after it all that is. time to come back together. It is, because, you know, nowadays, um, it's customary. Everybody gets their name in the credits. You know, everybody's got websites, and you know, somebody does a new show. It's all over the world the next day. Yeah. All the all the information and everything, and uh, you know, so fans have a have a way to get in touch with them and, and things like that. So I'm I'm just eating this up with a spoon because <laughs> it was you know for so long as I said we didn't we had no idea because they didn't know where to find us. Yeah. There was a third season of Star Blazers that when, at the time when we finished the second season, The Combat Empire, the third season, The Bowler Wars, had not yet even been produced in Japan yet. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we had known, believe <laughs> you me, if we had known there was going to be a third season coming out in three or four years, you know, we would have been camping out on the casting director's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. But, you know, we're meeting every, everywhere we go. People just have... I, there's no other way to describe it. They just have that look on their face, mm -hmm. and they're sincere. And you know, people that tell me, "Oh man, I fell in love with Nova <laughs> when I was when I was nine or whatever," I know it's it's genuine and it's a yeah. sincere, you know, a thoughtful thing. And it's not not anything yeah. sordid or anything like that. And I, yeah. I just I look at people like that. And I you know I say, well, you were obviously a young man of taste <laughs> and discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I hear things like role model. Mm -hmm. She was my role model, and she was a you know a confident character. Mm -hmm. You know the relationships that the characters had; they were real. And you know there was there was sadness when Captain Avatar, mm -hmm. the episode where he died. You know, and and things like that. And and you know he didn't just magically you know heal up and appear in the next episode yeah. and, and things like that. So so it meant a lot to people. You know, and I hear things that you know I. I you know, my folks were divorced, and this this show was really, really comforting to me. It was a, mm -hmm. like a reliable, uh, like a friend. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, know. helped me through a hard time yeah. and things like that. I've met a lot of people over the years that have said, you know, they were going through whatever rough time in their life. Yeah. yeah. And they just found some series, and it has that special place in the heart because it's just something that they needed to grab onto. Absolutely. And it, they, they found it. So you mentioned... Absolutely a bunch of these stories of these things that the fans tell you. What, what are some of the questions you like to get like whenever you have a panel or something? There was, there was one, I forget where we were, but um, uh, one, of the, one of the fans asked what else we like to do. Mm -hmm. 
or what, where um, was voice acting your original career choice, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, something, something a little bit outside of, of um, the voice acting industry. And actually, my, my first um, sort of, what I was, what I was first thinking yeah. of doing as a career was being a flight attendant, because that's what my dad used to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and I, you know, I went to high school and started um, performing in the annual shows and stuff, mm-hmm. and I like this applause <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know, this is cool, yeah. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I, I, it's, it's referred to as being bit by the acting bug. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, so I, I went to school for a couple of years in New York, and uh, this was back in 1970, late, late 70s. I graduated high school in 73, and then um, graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City in 75. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, awesome theater training. We learned fencing and, uh, you know, dance and voice <laughs> lessons and stuff like that. And I really, I really felt the need to um, get, a, get an idea of, you know, things like how, how does a casting session work? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do ca- what do casting directors do? and that kind of thing. So I, I started looking for work in related parts of the industry. And I did get um, um, hired as a receptionist at a casting agency, and I worked for a fellow who wrote jingles for radio and TV <laughs> spots, and, and that kind of thing. So I was learning kind of the business of show business. Yeah. And um, you know, it was uh, in 19, yeah, 19, early 1979, when I was working um, as, uh, I was working part-time in an acting school called Wiest Baron, also mm-hmm. in New York, which is more um, film technique, television technique, and radio, and they had a voiceover class and things like that. But that's where I was working when Star Blazers came along. Mm-hmm. Because the casting director was calling the school and other, um, other you know, resources uh, to um, find, to, to look for non-union talent to come and audition. They didn't want big name stars that were going to demand a whole lot of money and that kind of thing. And because it was, as I said, it was a very small project. Nobody knew if it was going to fly. The only th- there had been some successes, like um, Speed Racer mm-hmm. was was very big, and and Astro Boy, and there were a couple of other shows ahead of Star Blazers. But when it came along, it was still the only one that was being done at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they didn't know if people were going to love it, hate it. They didn't know what the result was yeah. going to be, so they didn't really. It was it was a risk. It was a financial risk. So they wanted to keep the budget in in check and um, just see if they could turn out a good product. And as it turns out, it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want a whole lot of really cartoony type voices, so they they just told us, use your use your regular voice, use your regular voice, and and just you know we'll see what see what happens and see how people like it. Great. So yeah. you've, you've been to a bunch of conventions. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you've seen that you wish more conventions would do, like any practices? It's, it's actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot more um, family-oriented yeah. content. I mean, we see kids in, in strollers being pushed around. You know, here comes the next generation of, of anime fans. And there's more and more programming you know, because a lot of times it looks like you're just kind of the parents are, are all are all excited about the, you know seeing their favorite show or meeting their their favorite voice artist or whatever, and the kids are kind of just okay, mom, can we go home now? <laughs> you know, but but the cons are, are starting to run, you know, more stuff for kids mm-hmm. and really include them. Make make the event for literally yeah. all ages. Yeah, because you know, Star Blazers, 
you know, it, it, it's not the only show that is uh, okay for the kids to watch, you know, and now there's more and more of it being produced. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the long time, it was the only one. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of what what I've been hoping would happen is is actually coming to pass. Yeah, and that's really nice. So that's and, really and nice. we're talking just all ages, you know. And you mm -hmm. obviously were worked on one of the earliest things that got a lot of people into Japanese animation and everything. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice you would want to give uh, a fan who's getting older things to remember? You know. Some people, you know, are a little try to even put that little Totoro figure or something oh. like in their cubicle or something. Yeah. Would you Would you have any advice for people like that? Well, you know what? Everybody's going to find something, you know, whether you're a football fan or an anime fan or whatever. Just I, I always say, live and let live. Mm -hmm. Everybody Everybody has a passion. Everybody likes, you know, their their little their little Totoro or their little, you know, a lot of people have the the the, the ship. From from Star Blazers, the Yamato, you know, we, we renamed it the Argo. <laughs> but you know, they have it in their cubicle or whatever. You know what? Life is too short. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody just just be happy and let everybody else be happy too. That's great. That's that's, that, that's, that's, great that's, advice. Like, that's the way I like to live. So that's that's what I always suggest. You. Do you have a, a favorite convention member at all? There are too many. <laughs> There are too many, and I'm pleased to be able to say that. A lot of things I, you know, I hear over and over again. I ran home from school, <laughs> and, and that guy, I will never get tired of hearing <laughs> Never. I, I, just, I eat it up. Mm -hmm. I eat it up. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I guess just to, to wind things down here, uh, uh, what are you currently involved with right now? I'm what doing um, audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I have a home studio, and I, I, my husband and I formed a little company. We call it, you know, you hear about studio whatever, you know, in the in the animation industry and so forth. And I, I called my company Studio Voice. Mm -hmm. And voice is an acronym. It means it means vocal originality incorporating categorical ethicality. Oh, wow. <laughs> in a nutshell, I do what I consider to be really, really valuable, good stories that I don't feel ashamed for anybody to listen to. I do kids' books, murder mysteries. You know, I don't do anything adult. <laughs> I don't think we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do what, are, what I refer to as, or what is referred to as age appropriate. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't hand a kid a murder mystery to yeah. listen to. Because, you know, where we live in Virginia, there is no animation production at all. Mm -hmm. And you really do, for those who, who may be interested in pursuing it as a career, you really have to live where it's done. Mm -hmm. What I do not want to advise is that you go home and pack your stuff and move to New York or LA <laughs> or whatever and hope, you know, head for the bright lights of, of the big city. No, start from where you are. Mm -hmm. um, where we live, here again, there's nothing, there's no animation production. So I wanted to keep my name, you know, stay, stay keep my skills sharp and, and mm -hmm. you know, keep my career going. So I found other things to do. Mm -hmm. So you know, I set up a studio, and it, I mean, which is nothing more technology these days. It's a it's a computer and, and a microphone and a preamp and some monitors, mm -hmm. and that's it. And you know, you don't have to spend a fortune to have a decent studio. And um, so I'm kind of building a, a an audiobook career. Mm -hmm. You know, taking a little different direction for for the voice work that I do. Is anything else you'd like to mention or? 
should shout out to our, some of our viewers on the podcast. Just uh, we just want everybody to know how how special Star Blazers is to us mm -hmm. as well. It, it was not just a job, although it was my first professional <laughs> acting job. It was not just a job. Mm -hmm. We wanted this to be good. We were hungry, mm -hmm. and we cared about it, and we still do. And I'm so so glad that um, although I've done I've done a couple of conventions with um, Mark Venture, Tom Tweedy, and Ken Mazzarol, who did Wildstar. Um, I did uh, uh, Eddie Allen and Ken and I just did a convention in March in New York, mm -hmm. so we were able to to get together and and they are just now getting really into the convention um, to the convention circuit and mm -hmm. things like that. And they're just, they're, they're really finding out how important it is. It's not just a bunch of, of, of crazed, you know, <laughs> man boys and fan girls who, who really don't care about the, the voice artists. The, our fans care about us. Mm -hmm. And that, we will never, ever take that for granted. Ever. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Dad. Thank you for sitting up. Thank you. Have a great one. You too.